1845, the Illustrated London News reported that a dog in Newfoundland had thrown himself in the water and stilled his legs and feet. After each rescue attempt, the dog would head right back to the water, keeping his legs and feet still, until finally he just held his head under and died. That same year, Edgar Allan Poe coined the term the imp of the perverse, which describes the idea that we're driven to do wrong, even when that wrong might destroy us, simply because we can. In his short story of the same name, the narrator recalls a murder he'd been driven to commit, simply because he knew he could get away with it, before later discussing the nagging ache that eventually led to his confession, even though he knew that confession would condemn him to death. The narrator insists that he'd fallen victim to the imp of the perverse. He couldn't help himself. In the 1800s, animal and human suicide were often seen as having the same driving forces, abuse, madness, love, or the imp of the perverse and its push to oblivion. Welcome to Bestiary. I'm Meg Slapis, and today, Eric has a story about resisting the imp and its urges toward self-destruction. He first published this piece in Ricochet Magazine in September 2014. Here's After the Harvest. First, though, a quick message. We stand upon the brink of a precipice. We peer into the abyss. We grow sick and dizzy. Unaccountably, we remain. Edgar Allan Poe, The Imp of the perverse. Amid the bones of this year's corn, we step carefully over dead husks, rotting ears, broken stalks, as if they were gravestones. All things here live beneath the soil. Any goose, deer, or squirrel who passes through will be shot by the hunters who've been charging this field all day, guns at their hips and shoulders. What if we get get shot, shot? you ask? We don't look much like deer, I respond. We'll be fine. Still, the question nags. And I can't help my nerves, can't help but stare at the only cover in the field, that leafless tree swaddled in brown thickets, sifting its branches like crooked fingers over an empty plate of earth. But then, from my depths, something asks, So what if we get shot? The imp. It settles inside us and cranes its neck while we're young, urging us to leap into rushing annihilation. We all meditate the plunge at least once. 
We ready ourselves to close our eyes, lift our hands from the wheel, press the pedal impassionately. Some days, the imp's whisper rises and repeats. So what? So what? And from the surface, we reason with it. Life is good. So what? Or at least, it's bearable. So what? I have friends and family. So what? And I have a lover. So what? And, and... So what? So what? We stop over some unharvested ears, thinking we might take them, till we notice the dry brown crags, the stiff kernels crumbling from their cobs at the slightest touch. So we decide to leave them for some lucky goose or deer or squirrel who gets this far into the field without becoming poultry, venison, taxidermy. Limply, you move to toss away an ear. Wait, I say. You stop. Throw it as hard as you can. We reel back and hurl our cobs, watching them flip over this expanse of lifelessness, blanketing life. God, if you could only see it, mine I mean, ready to plummet through the wind to the yellow crosshatch below with little more than a thud and a sifting of husks. All that willful energy forced into this dead thing, dissipating into other dead things. So what? God. If I could only see yours, the cob, I mean, struggling against the earth's constant pull down, down, struggling to break free as it rises up and up and up. But the arc is constant, and earthly things are centripetal things, always seeking the center. Even as we will ourselves to rise, we can't resist what comes, that strange gravity, that turn of the arc that draws us gently from the peak of our climb back to the soil. The imp would send us there early, as if the peak were too far, the arc too long, as if we should plunge from here and now to... So what? So what? So what? We must formulate responses. So... The climb. So, the exhilaration. So, the aching of muscle and rushing of blood and swelling of breath. So, the anticipation to finally learn that... But even before the learning, there's the view. The view from here and now is all we ever have. Because what was has gone, and what will be we cannot know until it two is so what asks the imp and it will continue until we round the apex and finally finally see the long view our bodies will shudder as we look out upon the world because it quite simply is and then we will be ready not to learn that's the wrong word 
but to remember the end of that strange gravity that lives deep beneath the bones of corn, drawing us inward by more than itself, by the viscous pull of convection into soil, crust, mantle, core, as each layer destroys more of our composition and recomposites us, denying our destruction. We become earth. We become sun, red-yellow giant, blue-white dwarf, black-white hole. We become the small mass, bright black, singular, without need for remembrance. For we, all of us, quite simply, are. Stick around after the credits for, well, you'll see. Beastaria is produced by me, Meg Sapus, and him, Eric Botts. Editing, sound design, and our theme music all come from Eric. We're on social media at Pod on Twitter and Facebook and we both conduct research and writing for the show. Puttington Bear created our ad music. Additional music in this episode came from Costa T, P. Forsini, The Pangolins, and Nocturnum. And the music you're hearing right now is by Jazar. We'd like to especially thank the voice of the imp for this episode, Sean Holloway. Sean's been our housemate for the past year, and we're getting ready to move, which is a little sad because we like Sean, and we're leaving the state of Virginia, and he won't come with us. I guess because he doesn't love us enough. We still love you, Sean. Thanks for being our imp. Oh, and you hear one other voice for our imp. That one came from Chris Boss. Thanks, Chris. And sorry for ambushing you with a demand that you say so what so many times over speakerphone during some random call to Sean without explaining why. Subscribe to Beastiary on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever app you use to tap into the podcast ether. Check out our website, beastiarypod.org, where you'll find original artwork Eric created for each episode. Also on our website, you'll find a link you can follow to support the show with monthly donations. When we say the show is produced by Eric and me, we really mean that. It's just the two of us working on this thing. And the budget, if you can call it that, is really just whatever spare cash we have to buy new equipment, recording software, and space, and web hosting. Any money you can donate really means a lot to us. If you can't donate, though, you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with someone who hasn't heard us. Do you have an animal-related story? 
A story about a time you were reminded of your own or other people's animalness? Or maybe a story you're not sure has anything to do with animals at all, but still feels kind of sort of relevant to things we do with this show? Tell us about it. Or maybe you just want to say hi. That's cool too. Leave us a message at 571 446 0341 or record a voice memo on your phone and email it to eric at bestiarypod.org. As always, thanks for listening. Okay, I'm in a cornfield, and I'm a nihilist, and I don't really care about the corn. And now my annoying friend, he says, nihilist get shot, and he's like really worried and scared about being shot. We're all going to die eventually, and I'm sort of deriding him. So what if we get shot? Do you want to get a couple more takes of that? Yeah. Okay. So what if we get (laughs) shot? Ugh. Becky, come on. You're always complaining about getting shot. Jeez. It's fine. Really? <laughs> uh, okay. Um. So, like, maybe I could just do, like, a normal, like, so what so if what? we get shot so like what? that? Or maybe, so, uh, what? so what if we get so shot? So what? So what if we get shot? So what if we get shot? So what if we get shot? If we get shot. So what? So what? So what? So what? So what? So what? Number one. So what? So what? So what? Number two. So, so what number what? three? So, so what number what? four? Ooh, yeah, give me an ASMR so what? So what? So what number five? Which one were we on actually? I think we're on five. So what number six? So what? So what? So what number eight? So what? What are you laughing at? I'm giving you exactly what you asked for. You don't like it, so what? <laughs> you know, it's like it's not a very like common phrase, you know. Right, I can't remember the this, last time uh, I heard really say, ritzy uh, so recording what? studio that you brought me in. And where's my mineral water? You didn't give me any. Delete all this. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I don't consent to you using my voice without some mineral water. <laughs> Uh, my my agent <laughs> told agent. you you're supposed to bring me mineral water. I can get you some water and put some rocks in it. That's not the same. You know, it's not the same. What if really so trying, what if we get shot? So what if we get shot? Bring it on. Be, be words. I'm not going to let you record me swearing. There's no fucking way I'm going to let you do that. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to stop it. You're going to stop it? I'm going to stop no, it. No, wait. Uh, let me get five more so what's in. I'm okay. just going to do it. Okay. So, so what? So what? So what? So what? How many was that? That was four. <laughs> okay, so what? Oh, it's 5.27 p.m. Oh, it's 5.27 p.m. Okay, so what? My phone says 5.29 Oh, you got to call Verizon about that. <laughs> hey, uh, say, uh, so what real quick? So what? Yes, he's pretty good at it. Say a couple more yeah. times. Is that Eco Terrorist listening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. So what? So what? So what? Oh, that was pretty good. You really got the anger there yeah, and everything. Yeah. yeah, shame you're not recording. <laughs> um, okay. So, wait, was that?
You're recording. <laughs> I sure am. <laughs>